Take your Bibles this morning and turn to the book of Psalms, if you would. Psalm 25. Psalm 25. While you're turning there, let me also give a thanks to Brother Dave Corey, uh, Sr. He, <clears throat> I called him uh, late on uh, uh, Wednesday morning and asked him if he'd pitch hit for me on, on Wednesday. I, I knew it just wasn't going to work. I, I, I would have had a, a hard time just even getting to church, let alone preaching. And, uh, and he, he did so. It gave me an opportunity to be able to watch it live online myself, which I did. And uh, so I had a, had a good time with that. And by the way, I, I'm so thankful for the guys that do the sound and for the fellows that do the, the uh, uh, video in our church. Uh, the two guys that, 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 that uh, are doing it this morning, anyway, is, is Aaron Beam and, and uh, Jerry Miller. I appreciate you guys. You're a blessing. All right. Well, Psalm 25 is where I want you to go this morning. Let's all stand together. We'll read the first five verses and then get right into the psalm. Psalm 25. Psalm 25, verse 1. It says, Unto thee, O Lord, do I lift up my, my soul. O my God, I trust in thee. Let me not be ashamed. Let not mine enemies triumph over me. Yea, let none that wait on thee be ashamed. Let them be ashamed which transgress without cause. Show me thy ways, O Lord. Teach me thy paths. Lead me in thy truth and teach me. For thou art the God of my salvation. On thee... Do I wait all the day? Let's bow our heads for prayer. Father, we need you. Uh, we need you every day. We needed you before this coronavirus ever showed up. But this, this kind of thing really helps us understand how much we need you and how much we need to pay attention and see what it is that you're trying to show us and see what it is that you're trying to teach us. I don't believe there's an exception uh, in the, the lives of, of uh, all the people that are either here or listening on live stream, watching on live stream. Father, I, I, I pray that you would get a hold of us this morning and help us to see the, the things that you would teach us through this, through this time, through this trial. Father, uh, I love you, and I'm so thankful that we have a God that we can cling to. We have a God that we can trust. We can have a God who we can flee to in times like this and ask for your strength and ask for your wisdom and ask for your direction. Uh, Lord, I pray that you would bless this, this time together in your word. And I pray, Lord, that you speak to hearts. I pray that you take the word of God by the spirit of God and minister in a way that only you can do it. Uh, Lord, uh, I'm thankful for the privilege of preaching, and, and uh, yet, Lord, every time I get behind this pulpit and open up your book, I do so with a little bit of fear and trembling, because I'm just a, I'm a mere mortal trying to, trying to uh, uh, verbalize to folks the importance of a holy God and paying attention to you. Uh, Lord, uh, I pray that you would give me the help that I need. Uh, without you, I literally can do nothing. And Father, I pray that you would bless, guide, and direct, speak to hearts, and we'll thank you for it and praise you for it in Jesus' name. All God's people said, Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Name of this, this uh, message this morning is the title is, What Does God Want to Teach or Show Me? 
Uh, circumstances can, can, can affect things, obviously. Uh, it can affect the world. It can affect our nation. It can affect our state. Circumstances can affect uh, our employment, our city, our, our church, and our families. Uh, and, of course, that's what's happened with this coronavirus. Uh, there have been, uh, there's been much affected. Our lives have been really altered drastically because of it. In the process of that happening, uh, everybody has opinions as to why this happened. Everyone also has opinions about what we should do or not do during these kind of times. Um, during the, the COVID-19, you know, stay-at-home type of thing, there, in a, even in our church we've had this. There's some that stay home, and obviously that's the majority, and I have no problem with that at all. Um, I, I understand that. We also have some that come here, and I have no problem with that at all either. And then there are some folks, I'm sure, that do nothing. In other words, they're not, they're not here. They're not, they're not watching online. They're just doing absolutely nothing. But uh, different opinions and different choices during this time are, 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 are fine. Help yourself. Uh, but there's something that we should never allow to creep in, and it's easy, particularly during these times when, honestly, uh, nerves are on edge. Uh, it's just because things are so different. Uh, if, if I ask for a show of hands here and online, okay, in homes, uh, how many of you uh, don't enjoy when things are suddenly changed on you? Let me see your hands. Okay, most of us. <laughs> in fact, I think it was all of us. I think it was unanimous here. It's probably unanimous at home too. We don't like things changing. But, but can I tell you something? Uh, even though uh, our, our, our nerves can be on edge and we can be, we can be a little touchy during this time, the most, the most uh, damaging thing that we can allow to enter in is a critical spirit. A critical spirit of people in our homes, a critical spirit of, of our friends, of what they're doing or what they're not doing. Be so careful of that. And, and, you know, everyone has a different response to what's going on, and it's part, part of it is because everybody's circumstance is different. And uh, everyone's affected different ways, and they're affected on, on different levels. But here's what the question is, and this is, this is why I think criticism and, and having a... Having a negative spirit uh, can really, really damage us. And it's because in this process, God is trying to show us something. God is trying to teach us something. And I don't just mean as a church, I mean as individuals. When, when, when David penned this psalm, he said, Show me thy ways, O Lord. Teach me thy past. Lead me in thy truth and teach me. For thou art the God of my salvation, on thee do I wait all the day. The thing that we, we need to ask ourselves during this time and really during any time when things change and are different and we're, we're put under uh, adverse circumstances, we need to ask ourselves, what is it 
that God's trying to show us. We need to be looking for it. Uh, Where is God in this? Again, I have heard, uh, wherever you go, of course you're not going anywhere, but but, but, uh, you hear, whenever you turn on the, 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 the television, whenever you turn on your computer, whenever you go to a news feed, whenever you go to a, a, a chat of any kind, it's, it's coronavirus, 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 coronavirus. I understand. We're in the middle of it. Personally, I don't, I don't think we've seen the worst of it yet. I think it could actually get worse. And I'm not even talking about necessarily the virus itself. I'm talking about the aftermath of that whole thing, of this whole thing. And, uh, but again, when and if any of those things happen, where is God? And where is God in your thoughts? Where is God in your mind? When we start getting obsessed with what's going on outwardly rather than what's going on inwardly and how God's trying to teach and show us personally something, we get in trouble. Psalm Psalm 25 was probably written uh, during the time when when David was running from Saul. And that's from the, uh, oh, about the the middle to to the end of 1 Samuel, and uh, Saul uh, got jealous of David. He tried to kill him. And from that time on, it was a touchy situation between, between Saul, King Saul and David. Uh, David was a shepherd boy. Uh, he, was, he was brought up in, in a, it sounds like, a loving home. Uh, his dad cared for him. Had, uh, he had, he had uh, many brothers. And... Uh, uh, he spent a lot of, a lot of quiet time uh, out with the sheep. He wasn't used to running. <laughs> he wasn't used to being a fugitive. And all of a sudden, that thing was just slapped on him. He'd never been there before. And yet, in the middle of that thing, while, while he was running sometimes for his very life, he said, show me thy ways, O Lord. Teach me thy paths. Lead me in thy truth and teach me, for thou art the God of my salvation. On thee do I wait all the day. As I was reading through Psalm 25, I found some, some key elements, some key requirements that are, that, are, that are given to you and I in order so that we might learn what God wants to teach us, not just now, not just during this, but period. Uh, every single day you have, you have things happen in your life that God wants to use as, as object lessons. If we, don't, if we are not prepared to be taught, if we are not prepared to be shown, then we won't. We won't see it. It'll be happening. It'll be going on right in front of our very eyes, but we'll miss it. And you don't want to miss it. So what's required of me so that I may learn what God wants to teach me. Well, look down in verses 2, 19, and 20. Verse 2, he says, Oh my God, I trust in thee. Let me not be ashamed. Let not mine enemies triumph over me. Down in verse 19, David says, Consider mine enemies, for they are many, and they hate me with cruel hatred. Oh, keep my soul and deliver me. Let me not be ashamed 
for I put my trust in thee. Uh, first and foremost, trust God. Trust God. And you know, we can say that, we can, we, can, we can let the words spill out of our mouth, but if we're not careful, we're really betraying ourselves by our actions. And we need to be careful of that. That's why, why I want to start every service with uh, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Because we need to keep in the forefront of our, of our hearts and minds that, that we need to trust God. Uh, Bible teaches very, very plainly in the book of Psalms, safety is of whom? The Lord. It's of the Lord. Uh, now, does that mean that we should be careless in our lives? Of course not. Absolutely not. We are accountable for that. But understand that safety is not of you. Safety, by the way, safety is not of the government either. Uh, safety is not of the doctors. And I appreciate all those things. But safety is of the Lord. Second thing, look down at verse 5. It says, Lead me in thy truth and teach me, for thou art the God of my salvation. On thee do I wait all the day. Now, waiting on the Lord involves two different things. First of all, it, 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 it involves patience. Patience. You know, it's like the guy that got down and said, Lord, would you please give me patience? And would you please give it to me right now? Well, it's not exactly how it works. Uh, God will, the Bible says, uh, a tribulation worketh patience. Uh, God's trying to teach us. One thing I'll guarantee you, uh, that God's trying to teach you, and, and I, I don't know what's going on in your lives, you don't know what's going on in mine, but I'll guarantee you one of the things that God's trying to teach you right now is to be patient. Be patient with Him. Be patient with others, but be patient. Wait on God. And then second, that, that waiting on God is not just patience, but it's also service. As we patiently wait for God to give us answers, we don't just wait sitting, we wait serving. And so we make sure that we're, we're serving the Lord. Um, God brought to my mind uh, something that, that Brother Jerry Sutek, one of our missionaries, he's a missionary over, over in the Philippines, and he has, he has a, a life saying, and his life saying is this, it, it, it's that life is ministry and ministry is life. In other words, there's no discharge in this war. Uh, there's, there's no time, as long as we're still alive and as long as we're still taking a breath, there's, there's uh, no time to not serve God. So when we wait on God, we need to wait patiently, but also serve Him. Another thing that we need to do so that we can be prepared to see those things that God wants to show us. Look down in verses 6 through 8. It says, remember, O Lord, thy tender mercies and thy loving kindness, uh, kindnesses, for they have been ever of old. Remember not the sins of my youth, nor my transgressions. According to thy mercy, remember thou me for thy goodness' sake, O Lord. Good and upright is the Lord. Therefore will he teach sinners in the way. One of the things we need to remember is that we need mercy. I found this. I found that when I ask God for mercy, and when I recognize his mercy in my life, I find myself being much more merciful with others. And again, 
the pressure's on, the pressure's on hot and heavy right now. Uh, <laughs> you know, things are, th things are turned upside down, and, and there's a good possibility, as I said, that, that uh, the heat could get turned up some. How do you handle that? Well, one of the ways you handle that is, first of all, go to God for mercy. Thank him for his mercy. Recognize his mercy in your own personal life. And then show mercy to others. You know, uh, you look in, in verse... Uh, you look at verse 7, it says, David said, Remember not the sins of my youth, nor my transgressions. According to thy, thy mercy, remember thou me for thy goodness sake, O Lord. What he's saying is, he's saying, listen, I was a mess in my youth, and I'm a mess today. <laughs> and, and if there's anything I need, I need mercy. Well, you know what? Uh, David was a man after God's own heart. David was a man after God's own heart, and he was a mess, and he needed mercy. How much more do you and I need that mercy of God on a daily basis? And we need to, to, to remember that. We need to also remember that God is always good. And you know, we say that around here. We say, well, God is good. And I, that's, a, that's a saying I use probably more than just about any other, is God is good. In fact, just, just this last week, uh, and just in texting uh, some, some folks, uh, we were talking back and forth, and I found myself texting, God is good, God is good, God is good. One of the reasons I do that is, first of all, because God is good. <laughs> Amen? But secondly, is, is to remind me and to remind others, God is good all the time. All the time. Regardless of what you're going through, regardless of what the pressure is that's there, God is always good, and God is always good right. God is always right. And that'll, that'll help us to remember uh, that, uh, how, how greatly we need mercy in our own personal lives. Another thing we can do to, to prepare ourselves so that God can show us and teach us what he wants to show us and teach us. Uh, down in verse 9, it says, the meek will he guide in judgment and the meek will he teach his way. Meekness, be meek. Uh, what does it mean to have meekness. It, it simply means to give God your expectations. Give God your rights. Let God control you. I've, I've heard people over the years say that, well, meekness is strength under your control. Not biblical meekness. Biblical meekness is your strength under God's control. In other words, God's the one who's, who's watching and, and directing and guiding you, not yourself. And in order to get to that point, we have to take our expectations, the things that we think should happen. You know, there, there's, a, there's a lot of expectations here recently, folks, that have been dashed. You know, we expected to have, to have the Lord's Supper tonight. Guess what? Not happening. We expected to have a ladies' lunch, and we made we've made all kinds of preparations for that. I was I was looking at a uh, <clears throat> I was looking at a stack. We've got a stack in the office about this big, of uh, and I, I we have more than that, but the the stack was about this big. That I was looking at, and they were all pre-printed, uh, all pre-printed uh, invitations for the ladies' luncheon at the end of this month. You know what they're good for right now? Bookmarks. <laughs> That's about it. Uh, 
you know, uh, uh, we're not going to be able to, to use them. I suppose if you turn them over, I, I, I don't think there's anything on the back. So you can use it for scratch paper. But uh, that's about all it's good for right now. You say, oh, what a waste. Well, obviously we had, we had expectations, and God has another plan. What are you going to do when God's plans and your plans are not the same? Um, verse that I, I, have, I, I have recited to myself and that I've been reminded of by the Spirit of God over and over and over again lately. Uh, but when I say lately, I mean over the last, about last year, is that uh, God says, my ways are not your ways and my thoughts are not your thoughts, saith the Lord. And so what that means is there's times when, you know, I, I'm sure you've done this. You've said, you know, I prayed about this, and I really believe the Lord would have me do such and such, and that thing just totally falls apart. Well, you know, we put, we put prayer, and we, put, uh, we, we went to God and said, God, when you want us to have this uh, ladies' luncheon and so forth, uh, guess what? God had different plans. And, uh, you know, we operated on the light that we had at the time. But now that whole thing has been changed. Well, that's true in our lives, period. Uh, there, there's going to be many times when you're going to expect something. Have you ever, ever done this? you ever been away from home, but you remembered? You're, you're getting ready to go home. Uh, maybe, you're, maybe you're out shopping at night or something. And... Uh, you're, you're getting ready to go home, and, and you remember that there was an, a piece of pie that was on the counter, wrapped up, and it was one of your favorite pieces of pie, and man, you're going to eat it when you get home. And you're planning on it, man. I mean, your mind is all set. You walk in the door, you go to that place on the counter where it's supposed to be, and it's gone. Then you found out your daughter, your son, or your wife, or your, or your husband just ate that piece of pie. Well, what does that do? Uh, hopefully you handle that well. I, I, time, there's times I have, there's times I haven't. But you know what that is? That's expectations. That happens to us all the time. Who has your expectations? God needs to have them. Uh, and we, we need, when those things get dashed, and due to no fault of our own, uh, then God is in that thing, and we need to realize that. And when it comes to your personal rights, we need to give our rights to God. We need to give our expectations to God. You know, I was thinking, 2 Corinthians 12 is where the Apostle Paul had that, was given that thorn in the flesh by the messenger of Satan. And uh, Paul had a desire, obviously. Three times he prayed and asked God, remove it, remove it, remove it. Now, Paul was a man of faith. I mean, he was. He was a man of faith. And he had strong faith. The first time he prayed that prayer, I believe he believed with all his heart God was going to remove that thing. Second time he prayed, I believe he believed with all his heart that God was going to remove that thing. The third time he prayed, he believed it until God intervened and said, my grace is sufficient for thee, my, my strength will be made perfect in weakness. And he basically told him, no, I'm not going to remove it. Instead, I'm going to give you the grace. Well, you know what? The plans were changed. And he had expectations. 
And uh, he thought God was going to answer that prayer. And he found out he wasn't. How did he receive that answer? According to the Bible, it says that he received it with joy. He received it with glory. He says, I'll, I'll glory in, in, in the Lord. Uh, he, he, was, he, he was willing to accept the change-up. Another thing that we, we need to, to do in order to prepare for God to show us and to teach us is, is to be obedient. Look down in verses 10 and 21 of Psalm 25. Verse 10 says, All the paths of the Lord are mercy and truth unto such as keep his covenant and his testimonies. Down in verse 21 says, Let integrity and uprightness preserve me, for I wait on thee. Be obedient. Be obedient. You know, uh, there's, a, there's thinking uh, going on, I think, in, in many times in our lives as Christians, we think, well, you know, I can go ahead and have most, be mostly obedient. I know God really wants me to do this one thing, but I'm, I'm just struggling with that. And after all, I'm just a sinner saved by grace. And so he'll, he'll just kind of overlook that. No, I don't believe he overlooks a thing. Now, there's times he's very, very merciful, and I understand all that. But boy, be careful, be careful of trampling on the mercies of God. If God has been merciful to you, there is no guarantee that he'll be merciful to you the next day. And you need to realize that, and you need to just make sure that you are obedient. Whatever you know that's right to do, or whatever you know that's right for you to omit in your life, whatever it might be, God's dealing with you about a particular thing. Or maybe you say, well, God's not dealing with, with me about it. I don't have any conviction. I've, I've heard that, that line before. Well, I'm not under conviction about that. Yeah, but is it right? Well, yeah, it's right, but I'm not under conviction about it. You know, God doesn't care whether you're under conviction or not. If it's right or if it's wrong, if it's right, start doing it. If it's wrong, stop it. <laughs> but I'm not under conviction. God doesn't really care whether you're under conviction or not. He just wants you to be obedient so that he can teach you and so that he can show you. Another thing we need to do, look down at verse 11. For my name's sake, O Lord, pardon mine iniquity, for it is great. What was David doing? He was getting clean. He was getting clean. He, he daily made confessions to God. He was quick to ask for forgiveness. He didn't let those things, he didn't let those things sit there and lie. One of the, one of the big differences that I noticed in, in studying the lives and contrasting the life of King Saul, who preceded David and then then eventually King David, was the way that they handled sin. When, 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 when uh, Saul was reproved of his sin, he always made excuses. You don't find one time in Scripture where Saul is, is approached about sin in his life, and he says, boy, you're right. Man, you got me. I'm, I'm wicked, I'm vile, I did wrong, I need to ask the Lord to forgive me. You don't find that in Scripture, but you find that over and over and over again with David. In fact, every time David is confronted with his sin, 
David immediately confesses it and immediately goes to God. We need to, we need to be quick to ask forgiveness and to make sure we stay clean. Another thing that we need to do, look down at verses 12 through 14. It says, What man is he that, that feareth the Lord? Him shall he teach his way that, that he shall choose. His soul shall dwell at ease, and his seed shall inherit the earth. The secret of the Lord is with them that fear him, and he will show them his covenant. The Bible says we need to fear the Lord. You know the verse, you know the verses in the book of Proverbs that says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. What is the fear of the Lord? It's just simply awareness that God knows what I say, He knows what I do, and He knows everything I think. And He will respond to my thoughts, my actions, and my speech accordingly. Uh, when you understand that and you realize that, that's the fear of the Lord, and you act accordingly. But I think the, the, the flip side of that, and maybe not flip side, but another aspect of that, is it, the fear of the Lord is the desire to please Him above all others and to never be a disappointment to Him. Never be a disappointment to Him. You know... Um, I, I want to hear when my life is done. I want to hear, well done, thou good and faithful servant. I don't want to see my Lord face to face for the very first time, either by rapture or by death, and have him look at me and go, that scares me to death. I don't want that. Now, I don't, you know, I don't believe once you're, once you're in heaven, he's not going to backhand you. He's not going to discipline you. But, you know, we could be a disappointment to God. And that ought to be a fear that's lodged inside of each and every one of our hearts that not only are we accountable to God, but we don't want to be a disappointment to him either. That's fearing the Lord. Then uh, look down at verse 15 through 18, another thing that we can do in order to prepare ourselves so that God can show us his ways and teach us his past. Verse 15 says, Mine eyes are ever toward the Lord, for he, he shall pluck my feet out of the net. Turn thee unto me and have mercy upon me, for I am desolate and afflicted. The troubles of my heart are enlarged. O bring thou me out of my distresses. Look upon mine affliction and my pain and forgive all my sins. We need to be focused on God and cry out to God for help. Um, I, I'm hearing a lot right now about, oh, you know, what are you going to do with the $1,200 that the government gives to you? Well, first of all, understand that uh, the government really doesn't have any money to give to us. They're just making it to, to send it to us. Uh, you know, you can, you can go round and round on that whole thing as to, as to uh, whether it's a, a right thing or a wrong thing. But is that what we're focusing on? As God's people, we ought to be focusing on God himself. And, and realize that he's the one that we need to depend upon. He's the one that we need to trust in. And he's the one that we ought to be crying out for help and for mercy. 
Um, I hope that, that during this time you have spent some time asking God for help. Uh, again, there's a good possibility we're going to be heading towards some times that we've never seen before in our lives, in our lifetime, any of us that are here. What are you going to do? Who are you going to cry out for? Well, I'm not saying we can't help one another. I think we ought to help one another. There's no doubt about that. But the bottom line is, if God doesn't help you, it doesn't make any difference who else helps you, you're in trouble. And we need to make sure that we, we get, our, get our focus on God and cry out to Him for, for help. And then the last thing I want us to look at that will prepare us is down in verse 22. It says, Redeem Israel, O God, out of all his troubles. Up until this point, he's, he's praying for himself, but he stops. And the very last verse, David says, redeem Israel, O God. Now, he's not king yet, but he's concerned about his country. Uh, he says, redeem Israel, O God, out of all his troubles. Be concerned about other people. Uh, be, you know, have, a, have a, a caring heart for the needs of others, and be more concerned about their needs than you are your own. Now, those are the attitudes that we need to have. What are some attitudes that can creep into our lives that will prevent us from learning what God desires to teach us? Number one is the spirit of fear. God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Don't be overcome with fear. And I see it. I see a lot of it. I see it with lost folks. I see it with saved folks. Don't let fear overcome you. Secondly, criticism of others. Uh, when, when we start, you know, one of the things that I've noticed that unsafe people do a lot of, un, unsafe people will, will have folks that are on their side on a particular issue, and then when that person makes any kind of a deviation at all, they'll eat them alive. And I've used the term, the lost eat their own. You know what really, really bothers me? It's when I see saved people doing that. Because somebody doesn't do something exactly the way they think they should, they think they have the right to criticize them. Now, can I tell you something? Criticize, critici criticism hurts you. It hurts the people that you're criticizing if they ever find out about it. And usually they don't because you do it behind their back. But, uh, uh, and it also helps, the, it, hurt, it hinders the person that you're talking to. Um, stay away from criticism. When, when we criticize, you know what we do? We focus on them. And, and this, is, this, is the, this is kind of the, the path that it takes. We focus on them, we justify ourselves, and we totally miss what God's trying to show us. You know, anytime I focused on somebody else, I'm not focusing on God like I ought to. Anytime, I, I have never seen in my life, ever, 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 I've never seen in my life, God bless my critical spirit. And trust me, I've had many of them. <laughs> but I've never seen God bless it. Never have. And you say, well, you know, it's just because we're, 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 uh, we're, we're all edgy right now. You know what? I don't think that excuse flies with God for five seconds. You know, be careful about what we say. 
And one of the reasons why that's so important, we need each other right now. Let's not be devouring each other. Let's not be critical of one another right now. Uh, we need God and we need each other. Another thing that, that'll prevent you from learning what God desires to teach you is pride. Pride. Thinking you're better, thinking you're smarter, thinking you're wiser than someone else. Uh, Philippians chapter 2 and verse 3 says, Let each esteem other better than themselves. Um, that's a command. I'm supposed to think that you're better than I am. And when I say you, I mean everybody. Let each esteem other better than themselves. Take your Bibles and turn with me to the book of Romans. Keep your finger in, in Psalms. But go to the book of Romans, Romans 12. I, really, I love this verse of Scripture because it's, it's, a, it's a good reset for my thinking. Romans chapter 12, and he's, he's just, uh, the Lord has just explained in verses 1 and 2 that we need to give our bodies a living sacrifice. We need to be not conformed to this world, but be transformed and live a separated life. And then you go into the next section, and uh, verses 4 through 8 talk about, talk about the way that God gifts his people so that we can uh, serve the Lord and serve one another. But before he does that, right in between the business of, of uh, giving ourselves a living sacrifice, being separated, having a separated holy life unto God, in verse 3, and I, I, I believe this is all my heart, I believe verse 3 comes after verse 2, because if you're not careful with verse 2, you're going to get a critical spirit right afterwards. And the thing that will stop you from looking down your nose at somebody that doesn't have a standard that you have or doesn't see things the way that you see it or isn't separated exactly the way that you are, and I'm not, I'm not preaching against all, any of that stuff. I'm preaching against the attitudes that we have. We need to have separation. We need to have holiness. We need to be apart from this world. But boy, we need to have the right spirit. And here's, here's the attitude, verse 3. For I say through the grace given unto me, to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly according as God hath dealt to every man the measure of faith. In other words, what Paul's saying, and he said this in another, another place, I believe it's over in Philippians, he says, I am what I am by the grace of God. In other words, I can't take credit for what I got anyway. They're all gifts anyway. So I, 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 just, I, I need to not think more of myself than I, than I ought. And uh, that, that, that pride can just really ruin us from learning what God would have us to learn and what he wants to show us. Another thing that, that uh, can, can prevent us from learning what God wants us, what God desires to teach us, is, uh, is selfishness. Selfishness. Uh, again, during this time, there's going to be a tendency to want to hoard. Instead of hoarding, give away something. You know, dur during this time, uh, be a blessing to somebody. And let it cost you something to be a blessing to somebody. Another thing that can, that can uh, hinder, 
hinder us is uh, being problem-oriented, not solution-oriented. Every time I think of that principle, being, uh, being, we ought to be solution-oriented, not problem-oriented, but what we do is we get into the mode of becoming problem-oriented instead of solution-oriented. And uh, I always think of, of Nehemiah. You know, Nehemiah, <clears throat> Nehemiah heard that the wall had been taken down in Jerusalem. There is no indication that I find anywhere where Nehemiah was a wall builder. He wasn't a wall builder. Uh, you know, he was, he was the king's cupbearer. He wasn't a wall builder. He was a food taster. Uh, he, was, he was a confidant to the king. But he saw that thing, and immediately what he, what he went to was, what is the solution to this? He focused on the solution. Where we get in trouble is when we focus on the problem rather than focusing on the solution and what it is that God would want us to, want us to do. Uh, be careful. Don't be problem-oriented. Be solution-oriented. And then unresolved sin issues. If you've got some unresolved sin issues uh, and you haven't taken care of them yet, you need to take care of them. I mean... Why, why go through what we're going through without the power and the grace and the mercy of God on you in full strength? Uh, another thing we need to do is, or another thing that can, that, can, that can hurt us is covetousness and being materialistic. And again, this is, this, is, this is true particularly during this time. Don't be covetous. Uh, having an arrogant or a froward spirit can be damaging. Um, go to Proverbs 17. And all these things will stop God from being able to teach you anything. Proverbs 17. Look down in verse 20. He that hath a froward heart findeth no good, and he that hath a perverse tongue falleth into mischief. When you have a froward heart, and if you want to know exactly what that is, you just take that word froward and just trace it in the book of Proverbs alone and give you a good definition. But it's someone who's pushy. It's someone who's arrogant. It's someone who is, uh, uh, thinks he's, he or she is always right. Uh, be careful of that kind of stuff because a, a froward man findeth no good. And what happens is I find this. That when I start having a critical spirit, I've got a froward spirit. Because I don't find good in others, I find fault in others. And so a froward heart findeth, froward man findeth no good. All of these things are things that can prevent us from God showing us what he wants to show us, teaching us what he wants to teach us, and, and taking us down the path that he wants to take us down. Now, the bottom line is this. What's God showing you? What's, what's in your life right now that God is, is using to try to teach you something? Um, what's he showing you? What's he, what's he teaching you? And you know, and I thought about this. What's he showing you? What's he teaching you? And do you care? Boy, I hope you do. Because this is not a time for apathy. And, and, and while, I'm, while I'm on that subject for just a second, I'm going to close with this. Uh, I think there's a real good possibility that we've got folks that are watching this broadcast right now who don't know for sure if they die today that they go to heaven.
You know, you are concerned about the coronavirus. You're concerned about your safety. You're concerned about the future. You're, you're concerned about your IRA. Uh, you know, you're concerned about a lot of different things. But the truth of the matter is, if you were to die right now, if you were to die today, your sins are not yet forgiven. And if they're not forgiven, then that means you're going to die and go to hell for all eternity. That's a horrible thing. And it's doubly horrible, not just because of what, what it is, hell for all eternity, but it's totally unnecessary. The whole reason why Jesus Christ, next, next week we'll be, we'll be celebrating uh, and remembering the resurrection. And uh, the whole reason why Jesus came and died on a cross and was buried and rose again the third day is he did that for you. He did that for your sins. He did that so your sins could be totally forgiven. And so you could know for sure that, that, you, that heaven is your home. The um, Bible says that there's four things you need to understand and believe in order to get that thing locked down. Uh, first of all, you got to realize you're a sinner. You're a mess. <laughs> You know, I've said that to, to save people here just a few minutes ago. That's, that's true of saved and lost. We're a mess. We're a mess. And, and because of our sins, we deserve to die and go to hell for all eternity. The Bible says the wages of sin is death. You find that from the book of Genesis to the book of Revelation. Sin has a payment. And the payment is death. Now, there's two kinds of death in the scripture. There's physical death and then there's a spiritual death. Physical death is when, when your body dies, and but your soul goes on somewhere. This idea of, well, when I'm dead, I'm dead like a dog. No, you're not. You're going to live eternally somewhere. You're either going to live eternally in hell, you're going to live eternally in heaven. And you need to realize that. You need to realize that your, your sin deserves hell, and you need to have a repentant attitude about that. And then, then thirdly, that the only way that you can get your sins forgiven is through the shed blood of Jesus Christ, through his death, his burial, and his resurrection, believing and trusting in, in, in Christ and him alone and what he did for you, realizing that, that uh, baptism doesn't take away one single sin. Uh, giving doesn't take away any sins. Being a good person, keeping the Ten Commandments, doesn't take away any sin. The only thing that can take away sin is the blood of Jesus Christ. The blood of Jesus Christ, God's Son, cleanseth us from all sin. And then the last thing is just simply cry out to Him. We talked about crying out to God for mercy. Well, it starts with crying out to God for mercy for salvation. Trusting Him and Him alone to save you. You know, during this, during this whole coronavirus deal that we're going through, not only us, but the, really the whole world, what is God trying to show you? What is it that God's trying to teach you? And by the way, when I say that, uh, I realize that what he's trying to teach me is different than what he's trying to teach you. might not be the same thing, but he's trying to show you something. For some of you, he's trying to show you, you need to get saved. You need to bow your head and you need to trust the Lord Jesus Christ 
Cry out to Him for mercy and ask Him to save you from all your sins and give you eternal life based upon His death, His burial, and His resurrection. Those of you that are already saved, you know for sure because you've trusted Him as Savior. What's God trying to show you now? Do you have the requirements that we need to have so that God can speak to our hearts and so God can make it plain, so He can manifest himself to us or are there things in our lives that are preventing us from learning the lessons that God's got for us let's bow our heads for prayer father we pray that you would speak to our hearts this morning God I want to be in a position that uh, you can show me your ways that you can teach me your truth that you can lead me in your path. Uh, Father, uh, I want to have my heart and my life in the right place. I don't want things in there that will prevent me from seeing you and from learning the, the lessons that God's got for me. Father, I pray that if in any of our lives this morning, there's, there's things that are there that ought not to be there, there's things you want us to do that we're not doing. If there's, there's attitudes and actions there that are hindering you showing us the things that we need to learn. God, I pray that we would be willing to humble ourselves before you this morning and confess those things and get our hearts right so we get in the right position. Lord, I pray for anyone that is watching this broadcast this morning and does not know for sure if they were to die today, they go to heaven. Lord, I, 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 one of the things I've seen out in the world is that people are scared to death. They're, they're fearful. What they need to be is they need to take that fear and have a fear of God. Because you've told us that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And then they need to trust you and trust you and you alone as their Savior. God, I pray that you'd have your will and your way, whether it be here in the sanctuary or whether it be in individual homes. God, I pray that you would do a work in hearts and that we would do business with our God. For it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Let's all stand together.